what is going on everybody welcome back to another edition of turf talk i am one half of your host dylan davis you can give me a follow on twitter at dylan jd 98 my partner in crime to my right scotty give him a follow at scotty drowned on twitter and guys we are one big group here at dsm media so if you're new to the channel please give us a follow on twitter at dsm underscore media scott four weeks from today, Eagles-Falcons will be taking place in just a few hours, and week one for the entire National Football League will be underway. How are we feeling as training camp and preseason are full swing? Man, I am, uh, I'm excited, uh, obviously. I got my Eagles hat on. I got my, my coffee mug here. We're, we're getting excited for the Sundays. And uh, we got our first taste with the preseason game. I was, you know, ridiculously excited for a preseason game. Um, and for obvious reasons, there's so many question marks with specifically our team, um, you know, with the offense. We'll get into a little bit of that and how that game went. But NFL is back. Um, you saw the full plate of uh, games yesterday, Saturday. There was a full schedule there. So um, it was beautiful to just get on ESPN and go through the matchups and kind of just see all of those laid out. And football season's back. It's exciting, man. It is. And I, I'm in a little bit different gear here today, a little bit different background than you have so i promise guys by next weekend this will be eagles centric behind me on this wall over here i'll have to change up my my decorate i'll have to put out my uh decorating skills for you guys but yeah on today's show me and scott will be you know not breaking down but reviewing some of what we saw on thursday night from the eagles and Steelers matchup um what stood out who you know impressed us the most you know how you know kind of our outlook on the game and Jalen Hurts, et cetera. Um, then we're going to break down. We're going to get back to our divisional breakdowns, AFC and NFC East, breaking down those divisions by offense, defense, and then we'll give our final standings. And then if we have time, we'll be breaking out our first segment of f- first to worst and least to beast, meaning which teams have the best chances to go from fourth place last year to first place this year and vice versa first place last year to fourth place this year so pack show today um and let's get right into it scott let's have some fun with it let's start with thursday night eagles jalen hurts plays two drives two field goals for the birds on the first two drives he goes three of seven for 54 yards um and i'll throw this to you my main takeaway with jalen hurts was that he performed better than the box score showed if that makes sense Three for what was it? What did I say? Three for seven, 54 for yards, seven. no touchdowns. I think he only had one run for like four yards or so. Nothing, you know, stats. They didn't splash, but I saw a lot of, I saw a couple things that I was looking for early so far. And it's the, it's, he didn't leave the pocket early. He kind of, he kind of let things, let plays develop. If he had to scramble and get out of there, he did. He extended plays. Two throws that really stood out to me, the Dallas Goddard throw. Not a deep ball, but it was a 20 or so yard pass in the air, maybe 30-yard pass. And then he had a throw uh, to Jalen Rager that really stood out to me. He looked for his wide receivers. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard were heavily targeted in his two series. And I, I just liked what I saw from the kid. He overthrew Quez Watkins on a deep ball, but he just missed him. And honestly, I'd rather see him overthrow him for a step early in camp than underthrow him. Um, so I, I really liked what I saw from Jalen Hurts. And the box score doesn't show that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, I know I texted you. I think I said, you know, I would have liked to see maybe one more yeah. series from him. Um, just cause I, I believe the second series was cut a little short. Uh, well, no, they, they get two field goals, I guess, they did, but I think they had somewhat of a short field. I forget. Yeah. So something happened. It was a weird series to where it didn't seem like it was on the field that much. 
Um, it's first preseason game. You know, I, I get that. And this week we'll probably see a little bit more of Jalen Hurts. But the main thing for me, I guess, is that, you know, regardless of what we see in the preseason, like you said, you just want to see him making the throws because a lot of the extra stuff isn't really what it's going to look like. He's going to be right. out of the pocket. He's going to be able, you know, he's going to have the freedom to yeah. run the football and make that a factor in his game. And I just simply don't think that they were giving him that freedom in a preseason game. You don't want to see him get in. Expose injured. yourself. Yeah. And even Sirianni mentioned he wasn't going to run. He ran a very bland offense. He ran a very bland Good. defense as well. Good. Atlanta should know nothing that they're running in week one. But, yeah, to your point, Jalen Hurts, you, you overthrow Quez Watkins – that's a good thing. Like you said, it, it, everybody questions his arm strength. Um, they question his, you know, accuracy to, to, to an extent. But aside from that throw, he looked pretty good. You had Zach Ertz with a huge drop. Um, I believe that was on a third down. And then you had, had Jake drop. Ryan, who dropped it on first down that kind of led to the Zach Ertz drop. So you had two drops right there. That You get those. Those are first downs. So that, and he's, that he's five for seven instead of three for seven. Exactly. So, and, and it's not to, you know, criminalize Zach Ertz and Jalen uh, Rager. Drops happen, you know, it's just something that sticks out. Right. Let's get him out of the way now. Yeah, exactly, man. But overall, you, you can't say that you weren't impressed with uh, one Jalen Hurts and then obviously Quez Watkins' speed. He got open on that deep ball and then th took the, the screen to the house. I mean, that's ridiculous. I'll let you. That's like some, that. What's that? Some telekinesis shit going on right now, Scott? Because that's exactly where I was taking this right now. Was speaking on the, the deep ball to Quez Watkins was also just one last thing on that throw is he didn't underthrow him. He overthrew him, but he didn't overthrow him by a lot. He missed him by yeah. a step dude and that's a fast wide receiver on the outside in quest Watkins. so that was you know promising to i guess is the word i can throw out there for that throw but yeah my next takeaway is quez Watkins. listen i didn't buy into the hype early there was some quez Watkins hype um going around eagles twitter social media etc you know saying that he's gonna have a breakout year and i'm like yeah okay Right, the, the set the seventh round pick from last year who took one screen to the house against the Cardinals last year is going to break out. Well, listen, that kid is fast, fast. He's not just fast; he's yeah. fast, fast. You talked about the screen going for seventy nine yards. You talked about him beating the corner on the first drive for the overthrow, or was that the second drive? I forget. Either way, beat his man on the outside, which would have been like a ninety eight yard touchdown if he had caught it. Um, he has looked really good, and here's what I'll say, to, say say about Quez Watkins to you, Scott. What I've been saying to Phil and everyone out there is, outside of Devontae Smith, who, yeah, you could he hasn't earned a spot, but he's the 10th overall pick. He's the number one overall pick for us this year. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. He's got that number one spot on lockdown. Outside of that, no wide receiver on this team has locked down a spot, nor should they have. No one has deserved a spot. Jalen Rager, yeah, he was the number one, our first-round pick last year. He's probably that guy, but he hasn't deserved it. Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, Jonathan Hightower, none of them, Jay Jaw, none of them deserved it. Why can't Quez Watkins be a top-three wide receiver on this roster if he continues to play like this? I don't want to get ahead of myself after one screen touchdown in the first preseason game, but he looked good, and apparently he's looked great all training camp long so far. So Quez Watkins was my second standout, and that's what I'll throw to you. Why can't he or can he, you know, steal a top three roster spot um, in the wide receiver room? Um, so, yeah, just want to say thanks for tuning in, Jock Talk. Thanks for commenting. Be sure Damn. to comment throughout the show. We'll definitely get you all involved. Um, to digress on what you were saying there, 
Yeah, I don't I don't see any reason why. The, the, well, let me put it this way. The only reason why would be if Howie steps in and says, right. my draft pick's got to play, right? Like, Les Watkins wasn't a high-priority draft pick. He wants to see Jalen Rager out there, I'm sure. I'm sure part of him wants to see Jay Joel out there. So things like that could get in the way. If he's having this great of a – he shows that spark in the preseason game one. He's already made crazy catches in camp. He's beat guys like Slay and coverage. Why can't he step in and become that guy? The only thing that I think, I guess, and I've, I've kind of shot this around on Twitter as well, but I just think Sirianni, you know, despite what the depth chart might say, these guys are going to get reps in certain spots regardless. And I just think, you know, when you look at Quez Watkins, he's just going to be used differently than Jalen Reggers. So I don't think it, if you say Reggers is a starter, I don't think it's like Reggers is going to be getting all the snaps and Watkins is going to be lacking. Like, I think they could end up getting equal snaps, even if they are further, you know, separated on the depth chart. Um, just because you do, you have guys like Greg Ward, you got Travis Fulgham. These are all not like I, I don't know how to word this correctly. You know, I, they're not number ones, so they're not they're not number twos either. Round players, you know what I mean? They're not built around. They're built for specific spots. Whereas Devontae Smith is built to be that number one receiver. Obviously, he's a rookie. He's got to build himself. He's got to grow. But he's built. He has he has all of the tools to be that that go to receiver. Whereas these guys are just going to be in spots, and um, that's that's yeah exactly. Jock talk. That's exactly what I'm saying. They're they're all going to be moving pieces. But to think that Quez Watkins or that Jalen Rager is just going to be locked in a spot. What has he shown even in that game that he's better than Quez Watkins? I mean, he had a couple good Nothing rounds. Or he had two catches. Yeah, he, he did. He did. He looks better. I'm not going to say that he doesn't look better, but Quez Watkins looks completely explosive. So it, you, you pick your poison, I guess. Yeah, man. So just I was going to say this for my last takeaway, but since my other two takeaways are kind of on the defensive side of the ball, I'll wrap up by saying this. It's one preseason game. You know, talking to me for the last couple of weeks, I'm not a negative Eagles fan, but I've tried to temper my emotions and, you know, yeah. I, I didn't think this team was going to be very good. I still don't know if they're going to be very good. But I just think that this offense has the potential to be a lot of freaking fun this year. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself after one screen bubble touchdown from Quez Watkins from Joe Flacco. Okay. But when I just think of if Sirianni has this, you know, offensive genius mind, this fun offensive mind with all the speed that they're going to have behind that offensive line with this running back room, with the dual threat quarterback in Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, with your two tight ends over the middle in Zach Ertz, who, by the way, I know George ain't going to like this, <laughs> is tight end number one right now, and he's still proving it, and you still have Dallas Goddard there. This team could be a lot. Hell, dude, the other tight end that's trying to, he switched the tight end this year. What's it, Tyree Jackson? Is that yeah. his name? He, he's a baller too, man. He's like six seven, ain't he? He's huge. Rod, I mean, Dick Rod was getting some catches in that game, man. So, I just that was my last takeaway from it. This team, this not this team, this offense, I think has the potential to be a lot of fun if the ifs work out. That makes sense to you. Yeah, so no, makes yeah, sense. right. Like meaning if Sirianni's offense, if Jalen Hurts, blah blah blah. But if those work out, this offense can be a lot of fun. And I know, I believe it's our man Jason who's been saying, Jason Voorhees, that is, saying he this e I think it's him that this Eagles team could be a top five offense in the league. I'm not going that far yet, but they could be very explosive and a lot of fun. Um, 
But yeah, man, moving on to oh, my. And I just wanted, I just wanted to add oh, it. No, 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 no. So much of it just falls in line. You know, what is Jalen Hurts going to do? You know, how that, is that's my point. If it is all on out. him. It's crazy. It's crazy. If, if the ifs work out is how this offense can become very dynamic and very explosive. And, you know, yeah. one preseason game in and I'm bought in a little bit more than I was the previous week. So keep this up. And by week one, I'll be screaming playoffs for the Eagles. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just a couple, la- one last thing yeah. or two on, um, on this preseason game. And then I'll s- whatever else you have, Jake yeah. Elliott, three for three, I believe. Yeah. Dude. Good point. Good, good call there. Nice you to see him off. getting a rhythm early. Um, and then the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line, specifically the middle of the defensive line, which I thought was pretty shallow. I thought our defensive ends, our edge rushers, were pretty deep with Joshua, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, Ryan Kerrigan, etc. Up the middle, because I thought behind Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, this team was going to be weak up the middle on the defensive line. Milton Williams is a huge freaking man. Hi yeah. McGill is making yeah, plays. McGill, Javon right. Hargrave looks rejuvenated. Yeah. This defensive line has a ton of depth. Again, not trying to get too excited with a with a Ty McGill sack and a Javon Hargrave preseason game, but this defensive line has a ton of depth and it could be a lot of fun, especially with them finally having a secondary behind them and not having to get to the quarterback like that this year. So I think that was one of my biggest takeaways as well was just seeing the constant pressure from this defensive line through the first two and a half to three quarters when, you know, more role players were playing. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Ross Tucker um, segment. Uh, uh, by the way, I, I loved Ross Tucker calling the game uh, on Thursday. I, I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's because he was like heavily favoring the Eagles. I don't know. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say that's exactly why you loved him. <laughs> but I did. I loved Ross Tucker uh, calling the game. But, um, As far as, you know, that defensive line, he did mention, you know, how Javon Hargrave has looked crazy in camp. And we spent big money on him last offseason. And, you know, he's kind of beat up last year, never really got in a rhythm. Him and Fletcher Cox, you're talking about a top – what? How how far can we go up here as far as a tandem? I don't know, man. They're they're both ridiculously – If you remember, the Javon Hargrave contract was – a big time contract. Yeah, that was a big time contract, and it's his job to fulfill it. What's up, Justin? On, Justin? Thanks for checking in, man. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, man, you talk about Javon Hargrave. You mentioned uh, Milton Williams. He got a little bit of pressure in there, and then of course uh, McGill. He got the sack. But I wanted to throw in there that there was no blitzing going on either. You know, know. it's not showing any of his stuff. I know. That's all he defensive line blitzing yet. And I'm pretty sure on the one sack that stuck out to me, I forget if it was uh, Milton Williams and the Ty McGill sack or Milton Williams and Javon Hargrave sack. I forget which one it was, but both claps and both were just pure bull rushes. Yeah. Pure bull rushes. Nothing else. (laughs) Strength. They are huge. And that's a great point. Javon Hargrave was injured a lot at the start of last year. So I'm I'm excited, man. I, I think looking at this defensive line, it is aging. I get that, but has that's where the most veteran presence is. They still can produce at a high level. They're still a top five defensive line, in my opinion. And now you add a secondary behind them in Darius Slay, in Steven Nelson. And 
by the way, I th- I believe it was the first or second defensive. Um, I think it was the first defensive uh, outing. And Harris had a huge hit yes. to break up a play. I loved it. He was in the backfield, man. Yeah, loved it. So having him back there, hopefully Rodney McLeod is hopefully Rodney McLeod is a go at the beginning of the season. Um, and yeah, man, that's just basically all I have as takeaways from from Thursday night. I was excited. They lost the game. I know we had some comments on our TikTok about about congrats on the L. Come on, man. Come on. Season dog. <laughs> no, I thought uh, I thought Alex uh, Singleton was all over the place. He kind of carried on from what he was doing last season. The linebackers look good. They looked all, yeah, they looked all right, man. Like you know, that's probably the biggest weakness on the defense that I would probably point out right you now. See, but but... Do you guys understand what's happening to me right now? I'm doing what I do every year. I didn't want to be like this. I didn't want to be optimistic after how hurt I was last year. I didn't want to buy in. I'm already falling. <laughs> I'm already falling, dude. By the open tailgate next week after the second preseason game, I'm going to be screaming that they're going to the Super Bowl. All right. So and that's I'm that. Gonna, uh, just wanted to throw in one more thing uh, before we move on from the game. Just nice seeing Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson yes. out there beside each other yep. again. Yep. And next to Jason Kelsey as well. Yes. Um, sir. Jordan Mylotta is a huge human being as well on the left side. Um, you know what I was thinking during that game? I, I just wanted to point it because I was having like a deja vu, not not deja vu, but just kind of a, a weird feeling seeing Jason Kelsey and Zach Ertz still on the roster after they sat on the field after Listen, the season. I was so dude, sad. I thought they were both leaving. People don't want to hear it. Some people. I love it. Zach Ertz is still tight end number one on this team. George don't want to hear it. I don't know if you want to hear it. He's still tight end number one on the if he's on the roster he's tight end number one and he's producing oh, for it he's producing he's <laughs> producing at camp he's produced he produced a little bit on the game i know he had a drop i get it bad drop on for a third for a first down conversion get all that jalen hurts is relying on his veteran presence over the middle of the field and that's something that he's going to need to have throughout this season to be successful by the gallons yes sir i feel that drink up man <laughs> All right, so Scott, anything else on Thursday night's preseason game that we were optimistic about? How about any negatives that you saw um, from from the Eagles? Um, I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't call it a negative. I, um, I, I would just say, you know, the lack of running game. It did, just didn't seem like yeah. they ran the ball that much. But yeah. I, once again, how I about Jordan? Care. How about Jordan Howard starting? Yeah, that was odd. First of all, Shoney's second first guy. All, great blitz pickup. Yes, he's great blitz pickup in the backfield <laughs> on the first drive. Um, but so let me ask you that. That's one thing before we move on. What does yeah. that say to you about this running back room? Obviously, Miles is going to be the number one. And um, what's the name? And he didn't play and he might not play all preseason. But what does that say to you that Jordan Howard was the first, was the next guy, maybe? I know Carry on Johnson's battling an injury now. His roster spot is looking yeah, looking a little bleak now. Jordan yeah. Howard gets the call after. After Miles Sanders doesn't start, is Jordan Howard making this roster? I I think so, man. I, I honestly do. He has he has a few things over Carry On Johnson. I know everybody thought that Carry On Johnson would be great going forward. Um, you know, they thought that maybe he's younger, maybe he could be better than Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard's played here before. That's one thing. How he loves bringing guys back that have played here before. Um, the second thing is, like you mentioned, carry-on's injuries uh, right now and his injury history. 
So you look at Jordan Howard. I don't think either of these guys are like necessities to the world. No, roster. but Jordan Howard provides a different type of running game. Exactly. Then they're Gainwell. They're right. Gainwell. You, they're you, you have Gainwell. You have Sanders. Hell, even if you keep Boston Scott, they're all a little – Sanders, you know, is different than Gainwell and Scott in a sense. But but Jordan Howard provides that that power running game, that punch in the yeah. mouth running back up the middle, um, goal line kind of stuff. So he's different in that sense. So maybe that's where he finds himself a role on this team, yeah. um, especially, you know, if these running backs struggle with blitz pickup, yeah. inserts Jordan Howard because we saw it, he did it. Um, and I thought Gamewell looked really good. Yeah, uh, really yeah man. Tough. I, but I really you, but you know what? Well, let me say this. The switching of jersey well, numbers – has completely thrown me off. It's throwing me off, dude. Second man, I swear. Our running back, he's 14. It's throw, I'm seeing him get the handoff. I'm like, yo, something's not right. I got to get used to this still. But the last thing that I'll say, it's not a negative. It's just funny to me. Is J-Jaw, man. <laughs> is is J-Jaw. Dude, he can't even see that. He did, was he targeted? Was he even targeted? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he was and him and Fulgham, I they were kind of no shows in that game it, it was kind of odd you would think they would try to get him involved try to get him some looks yeah dude like Darius yep. Slay's number two uh, by the way bought his jersey last year so that's great I did too man I'm, I got the 24 yeah, jersey what am I supposed to do now I'm just rocking the 24 jersey if you think I'm buying a number two jersey now you're crazy yeah, All I'm right. definitely not buying it again. Like. I didn't think we would spend 25 minutes on the first preseason <laughs> game. Yeah, exactly. He still sucks. Get him off the team, dude. <laughs> Get him off the team. Sorry, George. But I didn't think we'd spend so close to 25 minutes on any, the first Eagles preseason game and jersey numbers, but here we are. Um, let's move on to our divisional rankings. This is going to wrap up a four-week running segment we have here on Turf Talk. Um, and our final two divisions to break down are the East divisions, the AFC and NFC East. We will give our offensive ranks, our defensive ranks for the four teams in each division, and then our standings, how we think you know, at the end of the year what the standings are going to look like for each division. Scott, obviously, since we are Eagles fans, this is an Eagles show. We'll finish up with the NFC East. Let's start with the AFC East. Yeah. And... This division is a snoozer. <laughs> this division <laughs> is a snoozer to me. Um, and I'll let you start with the offensive ranks if you want, but I think we're going to be eerily similar here. All right. So we'll get into the offensive. Well, first, I, I do yeah, want to touch. Any new uh, additions? Yeah. Yes, I got you. I got you covered. So um, we'll start with just New England. Um, obviously, Eagles fans, I'm sure, know Nelson Aguilar went to New England. Um, over the offseason. Is Jalen Mills there as well? Jalen Mills is there. Um, they added Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Matt Judon's a nice pickup from the Ravens. Um, and then Smith's Smith's too. tight end. Yeah, as well. They have 19 tight ends. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, they're trying to build that uh, Hernandez and Gronk t tandem again, right? Um, 19 tight ends. We look at Miami, they were more of their, their big splash was kind of Jalen Waddle in the draft. I thought that was, I, I loved Waddle. Um, they picked up Will Fuller, who's suspended for a few games to start. Uh, Jason McCourty, DB, Justin Coleman, DB. Um, Buffalo, not much. They picked up Emmanuel Sanders, they picked up Matt Breda running back. But overall, I think the big thing for them this summer was getting Josh Allen extended. That was their big move. 
And then, of course, the Jets, they bring in Zach Wilson, number two overall pick. Um, <laughs> Tevin Coleman, Corey Davis from Tennessee, Elijah Moore, rookie I like. Um, and then they also uh, snagged an e- a former Eagle as well and Vinny Curry. Oh, man. Hunter Henry's hurt? <laughs> did not know this. Hunter Henry is hurt. Did not is. know this. How severe do we know? Um, He should be good by the start of the season, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong out there uh, in the comments, but I believe he should be good for the start of the season. All right, well, drum roll, please. Scotty, get us started with the AFC offensive rankings. Who you got number one? Number one, this one was uh, stupid. Pretty easy. <laughs> Pretty Both easy. Bills all the way. I mean, Josh Allen, I'm not, he's, he's definitely a top five quarterback, probably a top three um, up there with the Mahomes of the world. Um, Aaron Rodgers, we, we can have a discussion about that another time. But, you know, top three, top five quarterback in the NFL right now. That offense was booming last year. They add Emmanuel Sanders. I know they lost John Brown, who's pretty dynamic. Emmanuel Sanders brings a whole other, you know, route running, you know, expertise to their uh, wide receiver group. They still got Cole Beasley, who's a moron, but he is good at football. <laughs> um, and then, of course, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know this, Scotty got an interaction out of Cole Beasley a while back. I wish I had the screenshots on here so I could show everybody. <laughs> we'll put them out after the show. We'll clip this and, and tag the screenshots. But it is freaking hilarious <laughs> that he actually got an interaction out of that idiot. Great oh slot receiver, though. Great slot receiver. Yes, he's a great slot receiver. He was pretty good with uh, as Cole got a shot. Oh, uh, that's, hell no. I, I would highly doubt that. But, um, yeah, he's he's a bit of a moron. He gets into stuff on Twitter with people. Um, but, overall, good slot receiver. He adds a lot oh, to that Buffalo that's offense. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> their running game is kind of fueled by Josh Allen's dual threat ability, so they're able to get the run going. And Don't so, forget about Stefan, my man. Yeah, Stefan Diggs. I did throw him in there. He got kind of undermined by yeah. Cole Beasley. But, yeah, Stefan Diggs, <laughs> another guy who – Went to Buffalo and became a top 10, top five wide receiver in the NFL last year. So um, definitely going to be an interesting offense. There's no reason they shouldn't be better. Um, they're just one more year together. Josh Allen's got his money. Does that motivate him more or motivate him less? We'll, we'll see. But Buffalo's easy number one here. Um, this is where it got interesting at the number two and three spot. I, I think, you know, we can probably agree New York Jets are last. Thank um, you. Especially with the way they're talking about Zach Wilson and Cam. Spoiler alert. Not looking good. (laughs) So um, Jets dead last. uh, Buffalo Bills number one. And then in between, I do have Miami Dolphins number two. That's all based on ifs. Don't don't get it twisted. I am kind of, you know, riding the hype train with that Dolphins offense. It's all about Tua. It's all about Tua. Can he be consistently good in the passing game? Is he still athletic enough to be that dual threat quarterback that he used to be? It's a lot that goes into this. They still got Miles Gaskin. They got Devontae Parker. They will get Will Fuller sometime throughout the season. Jalen Waddle, young team. Mike Jacecki, uh great young tight end. They got the pieces in the skill set positions. It's about putting it together with the quarterback position. Last year, they were going back and forth with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's a big if with Tua. I got New England Patriots third. The, I guess the reason for that is – I'm not that high on Cam Newton either. You know what I mean? If Cam Newton starts, Mac Jones, apparently Mac Jones has looked great in camp. Whoever starts there, I'm not too confident in them. Um, now, with that being said, Patriots did try to go out and spend some money, make their offense better. 
um, but still have to put them in that three spot. They, they none of their skill players are like wow factoring me. You know what I mean? Outside, they got outside their tight end group, guys. You know what I mean? And <laughs> where's the star talent? And then you mix in bad quarterback play. Not not very ideal, but I still would have them better than the Jets. Uh, just based on what we've heard out of camp for the Jets. Well, we're exactly the same on this one. <laughs> Nine. Surprise. One is the simple one. One is that one going to be an MVP candidate quarterback with a top five wide, probably a top five wide receiver in Stefan Diggs. They're going to put up 30 points a game this year. They are a high powered offense. He's a yes. dual threat quarterback. They're a lot of fun to watch. Number four to me could, you know, overachieve if the Patriots um, offense continues to be very bland. Maybe, um, you know, Zach Wilson can surprise some people. Maybe adding Corey Davis there. Um, maybe they could overtake the Patriors. I don't see it. The Jets are number four. Two threes where you gotta where you gotta figure it out. Who's the second best offense? Who's who's the third best offense? And I agree with you. Um, it, it's interesting for sure because as you said, you're not a believer in Cam Newton. Neither am I. With that being said, I'm not a believer in Tua yet. However, when I look at the firepower on the Dolphins' offense compared yeah. to the firepower around Cam and the Patriots' offense, I'm leaning with Miami early this um, this offseason. You already named it. What's going on, man? Thanks for tuning in. Um, but you said it. Gaskin's a dynamic running threat, running back out of the backfield. You you draft Jalen Waddle. Will Fuller will be back at their suspension. You still have Devontae Parker. Two, three years ago, Devontae Parker was a freak for the Miami Dolphins. I think he still can be. Mike Gusecki yeah. over the middle um, is a huge body tight end, a great pass-catching tight end. So, again, it's a huge if with Tua, but I I'll take that if over the if of Cam Newton and the New England Patriots with 19 tight ends and Nelson Aguilar as their offensive weapons. So, yeah. completely agree with you I, on yeah, the East offense. Totally in sync with that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I just wanted to tap in with this comment here from Jock Talk, whispering Jalen looked better than Tua, but nobody wants to hear that. I, you know, football Kelly, uh, who was on training for four quarters with Phil this past week, she had mentioned this on Twitter. Like, is this the hot take that Jalen Hurts may end up being better than Tua? I don't think it's much of a hot take, man. I, I, you know, based on what we've seen so far. I'd probably go with Jalen Hurts, and that's you know a lack of sample size included. Um, but based on Tua's injury history, I, I just don't even think Tua, it's a take anymore. I, listen, I know we both just put the Dolphins over the Pats, but Tua is extremely overrated so far in this. Yeah. Point. I'm not saying he can't achieve what some people believe he is as a quarterback in this league, but so far he is extremely overrated. He has proven nothing, and he cannot. He couldn't even you know. Out beat not nuts, that's not the word. Outplay, <laughs> yeah. Outplay uh Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, and they kept going yeah. back and forth. So that's yeah. saying something there. Um, if God forbid that ever happened in Philadelphia, people would be calling for Jalen Hurts' head if he couldn't outplay Ryan Fitzpatrick for a season. So yeah, man, I, I don't think well, it's what that is the difference between that situation and if Jalen Hurts, you know, beats out, you know, Joe Flacco. That's and the word. <laughs> I was I was getting out play and beats out flipped and I said out mixed together. Oh man. Can you tell us early on a Sunday? Any thoughts on uh on the Jets offense? Any any takeaways from them? <laughs> They're still a mess. I just saw I didn't I didn't watch their I didn't watch I didn't watch the game versus the Giants last night, but I saw some highlights on Twitter earlier 
and they're still a freaking mess. I know it's preseason. I don't even know. I don't think it was the starters that were in, but just since it's the Jets, we, you know, me and my friend George Ryder here at DSM, when we talk about the New York Mets, Mets are going to met, <laughs> Mets are going to met, man. The Jets are going to jet. Yeah. I know they picked up Corey Davis. <laughs> Why ever the hell Corey Davis signed with the New York Jets is beyond me. It wasn't about winning, obviously. It was about this. He took the best offer he could get and ran with it. Um, and then outside of that, like again, Zach Wilson, not a believer. Not a believer yeah. in Zach Wilson. Should never have been number two overall but pick. Justin Fields, man, all the way. I was taking Trey Lance. I was taking Justin Fields. It unbelievable there. But moving on to the the defensive side of the ball, I can't even speak this morning. <laughs> this is where things get a little more interesting. First, yeah. let's just throw it out there. The Jets are going to jet their number four here in the defensive <laughs> ranking. Remember when we had the Lions? We had the Lions. They were worse. Yes, the Texans were basically worse and everything. Yeah. The Jets are the worst in every category here in the AFC East. Um, but above them, it's it's tough, man. The Patriots are a really good defensive team. Obviously, Bill Belichick is a defensive-minded head coach. Um, and they were still a good defensive team last year. And they had so many guys out. Popped out, um, yeah. Due to the COVID, like not wanting to play because of COVID and then getting injured, etc. Um, but with that being said, I think I'm going to take the Dolphins number one. I think them and the Patriots are very close. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think that keeping Xavier Howard, keep it, they can turn you over a ton. I really yeah. like what they do with their pass rush. I like the Dolphins number one, Patriots number two, Bills number three. The Bills are still a pretty good defensive team. And then Jets number four. Um, but it's really one A, one B here with the Patriots and Dolphins for me. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you um, about everything that you said in all reality. Uh, the thing I like about the Dolphins um, that puts them over New England for me is that just simply that they turn the ball over and they they can score out of it. They they scored a lot off of turnovers last year. Xavier Howard, you mentioned it. He's a playmaker in that secondary. They have Byron Jones on the other side of him, who is another very good corner. They put a lot of money into him. And um, you, you talk about them adding Jason McCourty. He brings veteran experience to that secondary. Um, our guy Eric Rowe playing strong oh, safety God. for the Dolphins. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Jerome Baker, love him at the linebacker spot. Uh, and then Emmanuel Ogba bringing that pressure in the defensive line. Him and that group are pretty tough with Raekwon Davis. But, um, yeah, I got Dolphins number one. I'm with you in New England, though. I, I think this could be, you know, putting the Dolphins over them could be a little bit of recency bias. And, you know, just what we saw last year, the year before that, the Patriots had the best defense in the NFL. Um, and you talk about guys like Devontae High or Dante, excuse me, Dante Hightower, not Devontae. Um, Dante Hightower opting out. Um, big names opted out of that defense last year. They add some guys to it. You you still got Stephon Gilmore. You got Devin McCourty, J.C. Jackson. Great secondary there. They add Jalen Mills, who I know everybody oh boy. the highest on Jalen Mills in Philly, but in a role in New England where he's not relied on as a starter, I think that's perfect for him to be a role player. Um, and then you know just adding Dante Hightower, he's he's the leader of that defense in the at the linebacking spot. They should be much better. They should be back. They added Matt Judon, who I mentioned earlier. He's a great uh, fit from Baltimore, um, playing that edge linebacker role. Um, Third, I got the Buffalo Bills. I'm with you. Their their defense isn't bad. It's just that 
the Patriots and the Miami Dolphins have, you know, pretty elite defenses, I would say. Probably top 12, Um, top 10 defenses. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's not, you know, this isn't any knock to to Buffalo. I love some of the players they got. Jordan Poyer, Mika Hyde at the safety positions, Tredavious White at the corner position. They got some pass rushers there. They got, you know, some young defensive linemen that can really get after the quarterback. But they're just third kind of by default. They're just not, you know, in that elite tier uh, that I would put the Patriots and the Dolphins. And then once again, you know, do we have to even talk about the Jets? Like I thought that I thought that Zach Wilson would bring them, you know, to relevancy. And then you talk about Robert Sala at the at the head coaching position. I hope that they're able to show some signs of positivity. But like you said, the Jets are going to jet and it, it's something in that water in New York, man. I'm with you. <laughs> um, they are a disaster, dude. Um, yeah, I just I, I just think they like the other thing is, you know, you talked about Zach Wilson. You were hoping that he could bring them some sort of energy, uh, energy, positivity, trending in the right direction. Yeah, something. You drafted there. You and everybody else outside of Trevor Lawrence, I would have taken there. I would have traded back on something. You took, I, listen, maybe he proves me wrong. I just don't love Zach Wilson. What was that? You could have traded back and still got Justin Fields the way the draft played out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't get it at all. If Zach Wilson's who you wanted, you probably could have traded back. I don't know what the 49ers were thinking. If they if their guy was Lance, if they would have taken Wilson if he was there. I just haven't bought into it. I never did. They really wanted Wilson, the too. Draft. But yes. They were cool with Lance, but I think they really wanted Zach Wilson, too. So maybe we're not seeing something there. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. All right, so here is how I think that the AFC East is going to play out by the end of the year. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win this division easily. I think they're going to be in the AFC Championship potentially. Um, I think Josh Allen continues to take that next step as a top-five perennial quarterback in this league. I love Stephon Diggs. Um, I love former Eagles Sean McDermott as their head coach. I love everything about them. I think they're going to put up a ton of points, and I think they're a, a – middle of the pack kind of defense. So I think they win that division pretty handily. I think in a 17 game season, I think they're probably <clears throat> probably a 12 and 5, 13 and 4 type of team. Number 2, well, number 4, spoiler alert, the Jets. Okay, <laughs> let's just go there. Number 2 and 3, same thing with the offensive uh type of ranks. Um and same thing with the defensive type of ranks at the one position. Um Dolphins Pats, what do I do here? I'm leaning Dolphins, man, and you you brought up recency bias, and maybe that's just it, but I'm just not, like I said, I'm not a believer yet in Tua, but I haven't seen enough of a sample size of Tua. Yeah, I've seen enough of Cam at this point in his career. <laughs> yeah. He's never been a great passer, in my opinion. He just hasn't. I know he was an MVP in, what, 2015? I know that he went to a Super Bowl in Carolina. That wasn't all necessarily because of his arm. That was his dual threat ability. That what their defense that year was incredible. Um, I just I'm not a believer in Cam Newton as a passer. Mac Jones haven't seen it, and I just don't think Mac Jones is going to step in and you know contend for a division right away. They don't have enough weapons offensively whatsoever. They just don't. Their defense is going to be the only thing that keeps them in the games, and that's to me only going to steal you a few. I don't think they're going to be a very good team. I don't think they're going to be dreadful. But in a 17-game season, I see the Dolphins probably around – I mean, I see the Patriots probably around 8-9 and nine at best, 8-win team, and I think the Dolphins are probably a 10-7 and seven team. So I got the I got Bills 1, Dolphins 2, Patriots 3, and the Jets 4. 
Gotcha. Yeah. So mine, mine's a little bit different, but overall, you know, the starting points are the same. Um, we got the the Bills at number one. They're obviously Super Bowl contender, MVP candidate. They got a good defense. We we talked about that. Um, it, one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. Probably one of the only offenses that you could think that would maybe keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out for them within the entire AFC. But within this division, this is their division now, and that's crazy to say about the Buffalo Bills. Um, just how you know the Patriots have controlled it for so long. It's the Bills' division now. They have by far the best team. And when you talk about what matters in the NFL, it's quarterback play. And they're the only team in the division with solid quarterback play. You know, a solidified starter that you know is the future for that team. And um, that's that's why they automatically fall in that one slot. Um, at number two, I'm going to go the New England Patriots. It's it's just because I just have like this gut feeling. The two is going to fall flat on his face, and ultimately that's what's going to hold the Dolphins back. He'll show signs here and there, but I just don't think he's going to be able to put it together. And, you know, I'll whisper in there, that's good for the Eagles. We got their first-round pick. So the worse they can play, the the better for us. So I'm hoping that they come in that third spot. But I think the New England Patriots could end up getting that second spot just by default if they just run the football and their defense. You know, maybe if if I'm right about it being recency bias – if they can reestablish their defense as one of the best in the NFL, it's going to be able to protect guys like Cam Newton. They may even make the switch to Mac Jones if that defense is clicking, just because I feel like Mac Jones could do a little bit more as a passer than Cam Newton, and that's sad to Probably. say. Um, but, you know, ultimately I think their team won't come down to quarterback play. I think it'll come down to coaching and that defense. And ultimately I think with their experience, they could be a little bit more consistent than the Dolphins. Now if the Dolphins are clicking – if Tua is good, they could be up there. I'm right. not going to say they're going to compete with Buffalo, but they but would. Your expectation is that he won't be. They have a better team than New England, I I believe, and I I agree with you on that. I think on that balancing beam of Tua, uh, I I just don't know how to feel about him, and yeah. only time will tell. Um, and then obviously Jets number four. Um, you just hope the Jets like win a few games this year. That that should be good enough for them. Um, just to redirect that energy, get like five wins if you can. I don't. I don't know. No shot. Do <laughs> no shot. <laughs> that's a good three goal. max five wins for the Jets is like three wins max for the Jets. <laughs> three wins max. I, max. I think that's about fair. Really bad, dude. I think they are so poorly constructed. Let's say surprise us. We will see. <laughs> Maybe they will. But that's going to wrap it up for the AFC East breakdown. So just to re- recap, I got Bills, Miami, Pats. Jets, Scotty has Bills, Pats, Miami, Jets. Two, three, a little reverse there, but pretty much all in all, one and four is the same. Who can kind of come in second and third? Um, And then let's get into our final division, number eight of eight here, Scott, on Turf Talk, the NFC East. Finally. Listen, man, I'm going to be completely honest with you and all the viewers. Offensive ranks, I got one through four. Defensive ranks. I got one through four. Standings, I only have number four. I have yet to rank one through three. I mean, it is going to be a game time decision here. Listen, I'm an Eagles fan. I think that the Eagles can surprise me and people and win this division, but I also am trying to be objective. And just after one loss preseason game, I don't want to be like, go from, oh, the Eagles are a eight and nine team that 
aren't going to be that great to uh, Eagles are winning the division. So I'm going to have to try to feel out how I'm feeling throughout the course of the segment. And by the end, hopefully I'll have an answer for one through three of this NFC East. But I, um, let's start on the defensive side of the ball here. You can start here, um, take things away. Well, also, before we get into it, new addition, Scott. Yes, I got you on the new additions. I did just want to throw in, kind of, you know, digress from what you were saying there. Being last in the NFC East, I don't think, you know, is criminalizing in a sense of, no. I, I think all of these teams can get over five wins this season. If that, I don't know mathematically how that would work, but I do believe that all of these teams are going to be tough outs in every game. And I that's just my belief on the NFCs. I know they get ragged on, they get called the worst division in football. I'm not sure how true that is anymore. Um, as far as the additions, subtractions, we had the New York Giants. They made a couple splashes in free agency. Kenny Galladay, huge wide receiver addition. He's beat up in camp, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I don't want to like throw it to the side, but Saquon Barkley is back, back, yeah, back in the rotate, back in the in the lineup. So that's huge. Um, they drafted Kadarius Tony, who they were very high on in the draft. Um, Adoree Jackson, a great corner that they got. Yep. Uh, I believe he came from Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and then they did lose Golden Tate. That's not huge. He was getting kind of old, anyways. Um, Dallas, Mika Parsons. That's huge in that in that draft. That was probably my favorite defensive player in the whole draft out of Penn State linebacker. Freak athlete. He's going to be nice in that defense. Um, Malik Hooker, they added him from Indianapolis. Keanu Neal, who's apparently a linebacker now. <laughs> Thought he was a safety, but maybe after he hit that ball off his knee in the playoffs against the Eagles, maybe they switched him to the uh, you know <laughs> to the linebacker role. Demonte Casey, um, they added him as well. at the. I believe he's a safety. Um, that's great for the defensive end. Um, talk about Philly. A lot of their work, they they added some minimal pieces, but they are great as far as fit. That's what I kind of like about what the Eagles did. Um, but you talk about the biggest piece, Devontae Smith. He's wide receiver one of the future for Philly. That's the most exciting for me. I went out, got his jersey as soon as we drafted Still him. Still need it. <laughs> Maybe I'll rig that raffle next Sunday. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> we added Ryan Kerrigan, a defensive end, brings a lot of uh, veteran leadership from Washington. Division foe as well, switched right over to Philly. That was surprising for me. Um, Eric Wilson from Minnesota, linebacker, filled a void. Ant Harris from Minnesota, filled a void at safety. Um, and then Steven Nelson, the most recent, that, that was a beautiful signing. We were clamoring for that for weeks on weeks, and they finally did it, solidified that CB2 role. Lost Alshon, lost Deshaun Jackson, big whoop. Um, Carson Wentz, that, that's the huge loss there for the Eagles. And, you know, we'll, we'll digress on that some other time. But um, it's always big when you're switching a quarterback. Scott Talks had the best one. The biggest, the biggest pickup. The Giants. <laughs> and real quick, I'm going Jags, bro. I'm going Jags. I would go Jags as well. Tre uh, Trevor Lawrence by, by a mile over Zach Wilson. Marvin Jones is over there. DJ Chark, he's got more weapons. They got weapons. And they got, a run they got a good running attack as well. It's just going to be their offensive line, see how that plays out. It's a huge loss for the Eagles in the greatest game. Yeah, I mean, you just talk about switching the quarterback out. It's a huge loss, I guess. But in, in a sense, you know, somebody mentioned earlier in the comments is the fact that Wentz isn't here why Ertz is actually having a better – seems like he's having a better time right now because he just doesn't have that second guy. Is one of his best friends, you know, kind of dragging him out of the locker room. Yeah, he's pity but, um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Watch Tim Tebow laid a hell of a block yesterday too. That's circulating <laughs> social media. Washington Please stop. Football team. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, they added him at the quarterback position. Let Dwayne yeah, he'll throw for 800 yards against us. Yeah, for sure. Um, Curtis Samuel is a guy I've kind of raved about this offseason. I hate that he went to Washington. He's a beautiful Swiss Army knife of a wide receiver that can do a lot of things in the running game as well. Um, William Jackson at the cornerback position, that's another nice guy from uh, Cincinnati, I believe. And then, of course, I mentioned they let Dwayne Haskins go, which I think that is actually a plus for them. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we could go ahead. Um, you said you wanted to get into the defense first. Yeah, correct? so defense. Go ahead, man. This this is very interesting here. I think we know who number four is because they're yeah. <laughs> So I got um, number one, I got Washington. Uh, Washington football, that pass rush, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen. Montez Sweat went off last year. I mean, these guys are loaded on that defensive line. Um, and then you even take it back, you know, the front seven, the linebacking core, Jamin Davis, John Bostick. Um, they got a lot of young guys in the, in the mix there and a lot of aggressive, athletic, uh, freakish type of guys. And then you get back into the secondary. You got guys like Kendall Fuller, Landon Collins. I, I mentioned William Jackson added to the secondary. So the secondary is probably their weakest part of their team, but in reality, it's not that weak. They got a lot of experience there. They got a lot of good players. I wouldn't say right. great, but um, Washington, number one. Number two, I'm actually going to go with the New York Giants, man. Um, I, I do like what they did there last season. I'm not super high on the Giants. I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. Um, they're just kind of a middle-of-the-pack team, and that's kind of what I what I mean when I say – you look at the last team in the division, they could have over five wins. I don't think the Giants are like some three and whatever team, you know what I mean? But um, you look at their defense, they they just got solid players all around. You got Logan Ryan in the secondary that kind of leads that defense, brings a toughness. Um, they added a Dory Jackson, as I mentioned. Jabril Peppers, a young guy back there. James Bradbury. James Bradbury from Carolina uh, about a year ago. So they got some guys, Blake Martinez in the middle there. I, I do Williams. like the Giants defense there. Um, this is where it got tough for me. I guess I default I had to put I think I feel like my bias is kicking in, man. I don't know. No, it's not. I know what you're I know what you want to say. Say it because number four's defense is putrid. Yeah, I'm going Philly number three, man. That front seven. I know people have question marks about you know the linebacking spot. But they have solidified the secondary. I know these are, you know, one-year signings. These are big ifs when we're talking about Eric Wilson. We're talking about Anthony Harris, right? Even Steven Nelson, these are ifs. There's a reason these guys are on one-year contracts. They are better than what we had. And that is that is where I'm going with that. And they're good players. They're, once again, not the elite talent. But when you mix that with the front seven that is elite, is going to be top ten, um, I think that makes for a very good defense. They're going to be able to get pressure. Um, you see George down here. Gannon is the X factor, gives the edge over Quinn. You got, yeah, exactly. No, you're exactly right, George. And I know everybody is very excited about uh, Gannon coming into this defense, getting rid of Jim Schwartz, running all these different schemes. It was very bland in the preseason game, as we discussed. They're going to mix it up. I mean, they've they've talked about got you know five guys being down on the line in certain sets. There, there's all different stuff that he's going to try with this defense, and they have the guys to do it with. Um, I know George is a big versatility guy. Um, we talk about, um, oh, my God, is it Jernard Avery, the, the linebacker, yeah. edge rusher? Guys like that that can kind of be moved around, put in different spots. Davion Taylor's another guy, freak athlete. Milton Williams moving around on the defensive line. They're going to mix these guys up so much. They're going to have offenses guessing. 
And uh, ultimately, that is why I have the Philadelphia Eagles at number three. They could potentially move up to number two. Uh, I would even give them that room and that space to grow there. Um, but the Dallas Cowboys, George mentioned it once again, Dan Quinn. I guess people were high on him again. He wasn't great in his last position. I'm sorry. He, he didn't really build a great defensive team. What, what, where was he? He was in Atlanta, I believe. Well, he used to have coaching there, there, and then he went somewhere yeah. like a. I, I don't know. He's he's not a good coordinator anymore. Sometimes you have to move on from these older guys, these guys that are kind of left in the in the you know in the past. Um, the Cowboys, yeah, they tried to fill holes with the draft. You're subbing rookies in there. You're not bringing in experienced vets. I know they brought in Malik Hooker, um, Keanu Neal, Demonte Casey from Atlanta. They obviously came over to play with Dan Quinn. Um, but just, I, I'm just not sold on this team. They don't, you know, these guys like Jalen Smith, uh, Leighton Vander Esch, these guys were highly touted, what, two years ago. And then last year they're calling them the worst linebacking group in the NFL. So I, I just am not high on these guys. They still got Demarcus Lawrence who brings it on the defensive line, but you mentioned it. There's just holes all over the place. Who's playing corner for these guys? Still a question mark to be answered. I know they, uh, I believe it was Trayvon Diggs they picked up last year at corner. He made a couple plays last year, but he was getting beat by the Eagles receivers at some points in the in those games. So what does that tell you? Um, not high on the Cowboys defense. Got them in number four. Thank you guys for persuading me to take them at four and not embarrassing myself. No, it's, not, it's not a biased thing at all because, you know, when I get to the offensive side, I'll show you why I'm not biased putting the Cowboys in the basement here defensive, on the defensive end of the ball. Um, I agree with you. I have... I have one through four, the exact same as you. Um, starting with the Cowboys at number four, they're just putrid from from the players, from the ta- they have some talent. They drafted Mika Parsons, they have Leighton Vanderesh, they have good linebacks, they have Randy Gregory and, and Demarcus Lawrence on the edges. I get all of it. Their secondary is not good. They're the reason. Listen, Dak Prescott was putting up MVP type numbers, but why? What was a part of that? Why were the Cowboys still? like one and three when Dak went down because their defense was getting torched. They have zero wins if the Falcons don't fold that game with Dak when they gave up like 40-some points. They gave up 40-some points or 38 points to the Cleveland Browns later in the season. They are a putrid, putrid defense from the talent on the field to their defensive coordinator and Dan Quinn. They are number four. Number one, I have the same. It's the Washington football team. They're one of the better defenses in the NFL, and it's basically what their team is anchored by. They're not a great offensive team. They they plugged yeah. in Ryan Fitzpatrick this offseason, and we'll get to that side of the ball shortly. But they're anchored by their defense. They're anchored by their front four, their front seven, as you mentioned. They're going to cause havoc. Chase Young is a freak off the edge. He proved it in his rookie year. Um, They're going to turn you over. So I have Washington number one, two, and three. I like, what the, I like the, the signings the Eagles have made, but the Giants, their secondary is really, really good. They have decent linebackers, but their secondary is really good, in my opinion. I have Giants number two, and the Eagles are number three. Um, You know, I I think the Eagles, to put it this way to you, Scott, I think the Eagles now, with the signings of Ann Harris and Steven Nelson, and you see how the defensive line depth is kind of playing out, and Eric Wilson and all, I think the Eagles now went from more so basement with the Cowboys to closer to number two with the Giants. Yeah. Well, so before the, some of these signings, I would have had them, you know, lumped with the Cowboys at the bottom of this division defensively. Yeah. Now I think they're kind of middle of this division next to the Giants, kind of in that sense. I think they're better than we think. Um, and I think they're, I think they're going to surprise me with some of the signings that Howie's made. So I agree with you. Washington one, Giants two, 
um, Eagles three, Cowboys number four. Now, to show you how I'm not biased by putting the Cowboys number four in this ranking, let's go to the offensive side of the ball where the Dallas Cowboys are number one in the NFC East. Obviously, this is all Dak Prescott injury dependent. If he's out, they could be, they're going to be number three or so in this division, maybe number four. But with Dak, you know, if he's healthy, if he's able to bounce back from that injury, dude, the weapons. First of all, you get your offensive line back healthy. Then you have your running game in Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And I know people are down on Zeke, but wait, do you factor how much they have to be on the field when ranking D's? That's an that's another thing. Um, but no, I didn't put that into my rankings. Um you put in you you put out the running game with Zeke and, and Tony Pollard behind behind the offensive line. You add in Dak, who can put up MVP type numbers when he's healthy. I'm not a huge Dak Prescott fan, but I'm also not a hater. And then just the weapons around him, dude. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. What did they do last year? Take the guy we were clamoring for Howie to trade up and get when they didn't even need him, and they go and get CD Lamb as their number three option. The Dallas Cowboys are a high powered offense. They're going to drop over 30 points on their head if healthy. They are number one to me. That's how I'm not biased putting the Cowboys number four defensively. Is Zach Martin injured? Um, I don't know. I was just looking at I was just looking at their offensive line, and it I mean, I guess they got him on like the third string. Which is like ridiculous, obviously, but I, I, no. I maybe I missed something. I, don't, I probably I don't should have checked that first, but I, I didn't hear anything. Um, number That's two. Cool. Now, this is also me being optimistic and having upside factored in. This is also kind of by default because I do not like the bottom two offenses in this division. I have the Eagles at number two offensively. Again, it's dependent on Jalen Hurts. It's dependent on Nick Sirianni's play calling and offensive schemes and everything. It's dependent on offensive line health. We all know that. There's a lot of ifs that go into this Eagles team, as I've mentioned 100,000 times before. However, take it as is, I think they're going to be fun. I think they're going to be explosive. I think they're going to put up points. I have the Eagles number two. When you factor in all the speed on the outside, when you factor in Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts' dual threat ability, when you factor in uh, Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks back healthy, Jordan Mailata, Jason Kelsey, they're going to be a really, really good offensive line. I think they're going to be able to run the ball well and have and use multiple running backs in different ways in Gainwell and Sanders and Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, et cetera. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I have the Eagles at number two offensively. Number three and four, these are iffy. These are really iffy. Number three, I'm going to lean Giants. And I say this, I'm not a Daniel Jones fan at all by any stretch of the imagination. But when I look at, I don't know, when, when I look at help on the outsides, uh, I'm rethinking here. It's tough, man. I'm rethinking because you mentioned they have Scary Terry in Washington. You mentioned they brought in Curtis Samuel. They have Gibson as their running back. I'm just I'm just not a believer that Fitzpatrick can do it anymore. So that's what I'm going to I'm going to base it off of this. Giants are number 3, Washington's number 4 because I don't think Fitzpatrick can carry an offense for an entire year anymore. He hasn't been able to. He's been a he's been a, a journeyman quarterback who can step in and be hot for two to four weeks and you know light the Eagles on fire in Tampa Bay, and then he goes extremely cold. So I think this offense, I think at times it's going to be better than than you know Danny Tumbles and the Giants will be, but I don't think they're going to be consistent enough. I like the Kenny Galladay uh, assigning if Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. Uh, Tony on the outside, 
I, I, I just, it's all based on that. I'm not a believer in Fitzpatrick for a 17 game stretch. I think that's fair. Um, so I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of digress here. Um, so mine, mine actually do look a little different. Um, I do got the Dallas Cowboys. Number one, you mentioned, uh, Dak Prescott being back. That should one, give them a, a better energy with their team. Obviously, you know, you're not throwing Gilbert out there at starting quarterback, no more Andy Dalton. You get Dak Prescott back, uh, you know, you can call him an MVP candidate, I guess, if he's healthy. Um, MVP type numbers. MVP type numbers. numbers. Yeah, I don't know if the record will match ultimately, but, you know, um, the weapons. I mean, you mentioned it. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you can just go down the line. Like, (laughs) it's ridiculous the weapons that they've been able to to accumulate there on offense. Um, You hope that their offensive line will get back to a little bit of, of a normal status. Um, that they've had in recent years, but they it is a it is a changed group. Um, they they don't have those same uh, mainstay veterans in there. Um, I believe they lost Travis Fe- Frederick, um, and then apparently Zach Mar. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, I believe they still got Tyron Smith, which is huge for them yeah. to kind of anchor that offensive line. Um, number two, I'm actually going to go with the Washington Football Team here. Wow, it's not because believe it fits magic. Yeah, I'm, I, it's not even that. It kind of is that. It, I guess the way I'm looking at it is his surrounding cast. I mean, this is probably, you know, as good as it can get as far as, you know, a surrounding cast for him. Uh, now, I know he had his years in uh, Tampa Bay with that wide receiving core. He had his year in Miami last year. Uh, but I don't know. It, it's something about the, the mixture of the running game. They're tandem of wide receivers that can get open. I, I, I think that's what I like about him. Terry McLaurin's is a guy that gets open. He's explosive. Curtis Samuel, once again, I mentioned him earlier. I'm a huge Curtis Samuel fan because he gets in the backfield and he does stuff out of the backfield. Um, and just that Swiss Army knife on an offense. And then you even talk about uh, the, the development of Logan Thomas, who is a very slept on tight end sure. in the NFL. He's, he's another big target that's a go-to guy for that offense. And I just look at what they were with Dwayne Haskins, and I'm like, is Ryan Fitzpatrick better than Dwayne Haskins? Like, yeah. But I I don't know, man. I can't buy in for 17 games. I I, I get it. I get it. And, you know, ultimately, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing spotty, they'll they'll definitely drop down there. But I guess the reason I couldn't put Philly over the, the Washington football team is just the big ifs. Um, you got a young wide receiving core. Uh, you got a big if at your quarterback sure. position, the the first year head coach. So it, there's a lot that plays in there. But if we're talking about energy and, and excitement and you know what the potential is there, yeah, I, I love what we have here. I don't I don't want this to be mistaken as me, you know, being down on the Eagles offense. There's just a lot of question marks there. But the the one staple with that offense that you know at least puts them over the Giants for me is the offensive line. I mean, when you have a good offensive line, you can do things. You can run the football. You can, you know, protect your quarterback, do a lot of play action, different types of stuff there. So I do like the Eagles offense. I like the potential. That offensive line is probably the best in the division. Um, And then number four, I got the Giants, man. I'm not a huge Daniel Jones fan. Their offensive line is not great. Um, Kenny Galladay is already beat up. He's had injury problems in the past. Saquon Barkley, injury prone. If you people wanted to call Carson Wentz injury prone for years, but what is Saquon Barkley when he can't finish a season? When's the last time he's played? Like, 
I, I've drafted this guy in like three straight games <laughs> and he doesn't finish the season, period. So Saquon Barkley is like a top four running back for me. But when is, is he going to be available all season? We'll see. Um, the Giants have, you know, it looks on paper, they have the talent, I guess. But I just don't think it translates for some reason. Like, it just doesn't add up to me, the fit. Um, and then when you talk about Daniel Jones, I just I do not trust that guy, period. I think he may be the worst quarterback in the division, honestly. Oh, yeah. quarterback. It, it, it's funny, you know, um, you know, I, I said I don't believe in Fitzpatrick for a 17-game season, but I like him more than I like Daniel Jones at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think if they can stay healthy, that's kind of what I'm – I'm hoping on kind of the same with the Eagles. If Saquon stays healthy, if Kenny Galladay stays healthy, if Evan Ingram stays healthy, then I just think I think they're going to be more consistent than Washington is because I think there's going to be weeks that Washington puts up big numbers, and then I think there's going to be weeks that Fitzpatrick is three to four interception. Ryan Fitzpatrick and looks a mess. That's fair, um, and I think that's what this division. I mean, it's hard to rank this division in reality because there's just a ton of question marks. You could even go up the line to Dallas and be like, Dak is coming off a broken ankle. Is he going to be mobile enough to be the quarterback that he used to a be? Compound fracture. Yeah, and then he's already having shoulder issues. So, you know, what? how's that going to play out with Dak? I mean, there's question marks all over this division. And ultimately, I think it's going to be a wild card at the end of it. We, we'll probably be saying something totally different at the end of the season. Yeah, man. All right, well, let's get into these division rankings because we were not able to cut out the 11 o'clock mark like we were hoping to. Uh, never seems to, never seems to happen here. We'll still get to least, uh, uh, beast to least, and then you know first to worst as well. We'll finish it out here. All right, sounds good. Um, so, guys, stay tapped in for that, our final segment coming up shortly. But to wrap up our division standings, NFC East, man, I don't think my conversation helped out at all with how I want to rank this division. I'll tell you who I'm number four. I have the New York football giants number four. That is because of Daniel Jones. That is because of Joe judge. That is because I think they are probably only a five to six win team this season. Um, yeah, they're not a two to three win team at the bottom of a division. Like you would, like you would think, but they're not a very good overall football team. I I really like their secondary. I love Saquon when he's healthy, but overall, when I look at them versus the other three teams, they're not better than the Eagles. They're not better than the Cowboys. The Co- the Cowboys offense trumps them. The Washington defense trumps them. And I just don't think they're better than the Eagles. I don't yeah, know. They have enough firepower on either side of the ball to beat the Eagles. So Giants are number four for me. Man, this is really tough. It's tough, man. I'm going to be... I'm not going to be a homer. Okay? I was wondering. <laughs> I'm going to put the Eagles three. I'm putting the Eagles three, but I'm saying that they can win this division. One through three, in my opinion, can win this division. Remember when we did the NFC West and we were like one through four can literally win this division. So yeah. take our rankings. We're not saying like, oh, Seattle at number four means they suck or they're, you know, you know what I mean? The Eagles are number three to me, but they can overachieve and win this division because the other two teams aren't anything great either. You know what I mean? So, but yeah. being objective, I'm going to put the first, the, you know, Rookie, rookie quarterback, the first time head coach, the first, you know, Gannon, everything. I'm going to put them at number three in the NFC East with the hopes that they prove me wrong and they win this division. I'm going to put the Cowboys number two and I'm going to put Washington number one. I think that 
Dude, I don't know. I don't know because I, I can't. I know, man. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around. I I can't buy into Fitzpatrick for a seventeen game season. But I'm saying they're going to win the division. But I can't say that the Cowboys defense is going to win them the division because I don't think it can. And I don't want to be a homer and say the Eagles are going to win the division. Jesus, man, I'm I'm going to go Washington one, Cowboys two, Eagles three, Giants four. I'm done speaking. Scott, go ahead. <laughs> I have no idea what to do with this. Man, and, and and you know it it kind of just threw me off even more as well. <laughs> it's like somebody has to win the division. You know what I mean? Like somebody will win it by default. Um, I just, really want to pick the Eagles, but I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to come out and be like the Eagles are winning the division. I know, and it's like they're winning the division with what record? You know right. what I mean? Like I, I don't know. Um, yeah, number four, I'm, I'm with you. I, I do have the Giants number four. Um, just not high on the Giants, dude. I think you know when you talk about quarterbacks, I feel like Daniel Jones is the type of guy that can lose you games. Um, I, I, I'm just not high on the Giants at all. So Especially I'll, I'll when he falls down on an 80-yard touchdown run. <laughs> yeah. like What's wrong with the guy? I don't get it. Um, you know, I'm going to put the Eagles number three. I'm with you. I'm not going to be a homer. Part of me feels like they have the potential to win this division. They do. Um, they definitely it, have the potential to do it. it. It's crazy to think about because if you would have talked to me maybe, you know, two months ago – no Can chance. I put it this way? Can I put it this way? And I think it'll wrap, it'll sum it up for you as well, putting them at number three. Is the Eagles have the potential to win this division? We obviously both want them to, and we think they both can. Does me not wanting us to win the division make me a bad Eagles fan? I'm all about the higher picks. Um, it doesn't make you a bad Eagles fan, but I mean, anytime there's a chance to make the playoffs and win the division and get a home playoff game. I don't know. I'll take because I don't. They're not. Here's the. Re, let me answer George real quick. I don't think they're going to be a three-win football team. So how high is this draft pick going to be realistically if they don't make the playoffs? I think they're probably if they don't make the playoffs. I think they're a seven seven-win team, eight-win team. That's probably middle of the pack. You know what I mean? Fifteen to eighteen. But at that point, just make the playoffs and so we can lose in the wild card. Yeah, I, yeah, I hear you, man. But like, I'll take a playoff game over getting the. 16th pick instead of the 20th pick. You know what I like? I'll, I'll just make the playoffs, get the 20th pick instead of not making the playoffs and be the 15th pick. You know what? Uh, you know what I would say in this. And and I swear, George, you know, it doesn't me. make you bad Eagles fan. I'm just saying that's my. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not. I'm not calling. I'm not calling George a bad Eagles fan. I'm not saying there's like you know levels to fandom or anything. But I I would say that kind of being overseas and like not in the Philadelphia environment when they get close to making the playoffs. That feeling of making oh, the playoffs yeah. and having it in town, like in the city, and just having a chance, you know, because by the time we get a wild card spot, we have all convinced ourselves that we can win that first game. And then you win that first game, and it's where do we go from there? So, on a realistic standpoint, George, no, you're you're not a bad fan for you know thinking that way or even wanting it to happen because I tend to agree with you when I'm t- thinking totally objectively. 2022 but, is the that we can go. Yeah. But my whole point is, if I had an option, Eagles be a two-win team and have a top-four draft pick, Eagles losing the wild card, I'd suffer the season for a top-five draft yeah. pick. But my point is, I don't think they're going. They're not going to go far in the playoffs. But if they don't make the playoffs, they're still a middle-of-the-pack team. So your draft pick, how high, how much higher is it if they don't make the playoffs? You get so if they make the playoffs as this as the fourth uh, division winner. And they have a nine and eight record, and they're pick number twenty or twenty one or whatever it is. 
or they don't make the playoffs, they're a seven-win team, six-win team, and they're pick number 16, 15. Yeah. Like, I'd rather make the playoffs and have the 20th pick than not make the playoffs and be a middle-of-the-pack team because I think that's where they're at. They're not a bottom-feeder team, and they're not a Super Bowl-contending team. So yeah. it's weird. But my point to sum up why I have them three, Scott, um, you're correct. It all comes down to how good Jalen Hurts is, and that's the main focus of this 2021 season is finding out if he's the guy or not. But having yeah. them at three is because there's a, they can win it, they have, you know, they have the potential to win it, but we haven't seen it. You know yeah. what we've seen? We've seen the Cowboys offense. We've seen the Washington football team's defense. That's why I have to mix what I know and what I hope. And that's why I have them three. I think if that sums it up better. Yeah, no, no, that that makes total sense. And that's and that's kind of where I am with them at three as well. You know. We know what we know what Washington's good at. We know what Dallas is good at. What are the Eagles good at? We got to find right. out. Now week there, three. Right. Now week three. We yeah. can come back to this conversation if the Eagles look really good. It's still very early in the season. But if the Eagles are two and one and the Cowboys are zero and three and they look awful defensively, then yeah, yeah, I'll temper my 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 standings. But for right now, that's where it's at. Yeah, and and I'm with you there. Um, number two, I do have the Washington Football Team. Um, I, you know, I, I tend to agree with you in your analysis of both Washington and Dallas. I think once again, we're just talking about a toss up here where, you know, pick a card out of the deck and, yeah. and figure out which one. Um, like we said, Washington has the strength of the defense. We bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick, another wild card player. Like how many wild cards do we have in this division? Um, but then you talk about the Dallas Cowboys. How much is that defense going to hold them back again? You know, the offense was not terrible under Andy Dalton last year. You know what I mean? The defense was terrible all season. And um, you just wonder, you know, they're filling these holes with young guys, unproven players, guys that, you know, have been lost causes at other places. Is this really the route you want to go with the defense when you have that much high power on the offense? Don't think that was a smart move. They should have invested a little bit more into that defense to give themselves a chance. With that being said, I do have them number one, just kind of by default. I don't, I don't even know who to pick for the division, but um, we'll we'll go with that. Dallas Cowboys one, Washington two. I think Washington defense is good enough to win the division for them. I do believe that, um, but I'll, I'll kind of just leave it at that. I, I don't even know what else to say. These guys, these teams are just so like unknown. It, it's yep. weird. And I think any one of the top three can overachieve. Yeah, I also think they can all underachieve as well. They, it is such a yeah, no, I I know, but um, about the week three thing, I said it's early, but um, they're all so unknown. The Cowboys' defense, Washington's offense, us as a whole. So Scotty has Cowboys one, Washington two, Eagles three, Giants four. Myself, Washington one, Cowboys two, Eagles three, Giants four. One through three, I think to either of us can win win this division. I don't foresee the Giants making a run at this division, but one through three, I definitely think can be flipped any three ways you look at it. Um, and it's going to be an exciting division. I remember obviously the NFC least last year and it was a disaster. I think they're not a great division, but like you said earlier, Scott, I think they're all going to be very competitive, especially within the division games. And I think they're going to be tough outs, even the yeah. Giants with that defense. And if Saquon's healthy and everything, they're not going to be an easy out for, you know, the Cleveland Browns or the Buffalo Bills. I think that all four of these teams are going to be competitive this year, which is just something forward to look, uh, something to look forward to. Um, but guys, before we wrap up today's show, <clears throat> one final segment being that we finally finished 
our divisional breakdowns this summer, I want to take a look and do a little segment that we're going to call first to worst and least to beast, meaning which teams mean Scotty are each going to pick one from each. So we'll start with first to worst, which teams out of the eight divisions have the greatest chance or the best odds to go from first place in 2020 to worst placed fourth place in 2021 this season. Scott, I don't know if you have your answer yet or if you want me to, who do you got going from first to worst last year to first place last year to worst place this year? So I guess there's, there's like an obvious one, I guess. And then there's one that I think is, has a very strong chance of happening as well. Um, so the obvious one I would think is like Washington went in the division at seven and nine last year. They could easily go and lose, you know, and fall to the fourth spot in the NFCs for all we know. Um, but what the one I'm actually going to roll with and go with um, is the Saints, man. I, I I think they've lost so much on offense. You know, you talk about Drew Brees retiring. Um, you talk about their defense, uh, the holes that they've created there. Um, I, I'm not saying that they will come in last place in the NFC South because the Atlanta the Atlanta Falcons are really not that good. Um, but there is a chance if if that quarterback situation goes south, um, an injury happens, they're having a feud with Michael Thomas right now. There's just a lot going on there, a lot of change happening, and uh, I don't have the most uh, faith in that in that Saints roster or that Saints team. Guys, me and Scotty do not talk before the show. We prep on our own. <laughs> We get we we discuss our topics and what we want to get into, and we prep on our own, and we kind of make it fun and live reactions here. Okay, I wrote down two as well for both Washington. Even though I just picked them to win the NFC East, I wrote down because if you look at this division, like I said, they could finish last. They have their, it's not you know what I mean, and the Saints, the the loss of Drew Brees, the loss of Michael Thomas. Now I think this offense is not going to be good at all. Defense is going to steal them a couple games, but that's it. I think that, and like you said, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but best odds, yeah, the Saints and the Washington football team have the best odds of going from first place winning their division last year to finishing in fourth place this year. Now I'll start least to beast and see, hopefully, if we don't have the same ones here. (laughs) So the one I'll throw out that has a chance, Again, little bias here, but I think the Eagles have a chance from finishing in fourth place last year to winning their division. Yeah, I didn't just pick them to win their division right now, but they have a chance to, and they were a fourth place team last year. My actual pick is San Francisco 49ers. I think that is a such a <laughs> that's hilarious, man. <laughs> you're the same one. Yeah, I have the oh, same exact team. <laughs> right. hilarious. So basically, when I look at this team, they were destroyed by COVID. They were destroyed by injuries on the defensive line with Jimmy G. Mostert missed time. It was a weird year. That division's extremely difficult. I didn't pick the 49ers to win that division, or did I? You did might I have. Them to win that division? I have a first or second. I know that, but go back and look. I'll have to go back and look. It's them and the Rams one and two for me. I free I might have picked them to win it. Um, but I just when I look at this division, it's very tough. But they're not a fourth place team. They're not a, a bottom feeder team. They're not even a six seven win team. They are a very good team defensively anchored, and then you have Kyle Shanahan calling the shots. Yeah. Whether it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance, I don't know. Trey Lance had that 80-yard touchdown last night. He looked good. Whatever they're going to do, I think the 49ers and the Eagles have the best chances to go from fourth place to first place this year in the NFL. 
Yeah, I mean, same same reasons. Uh, you know, you look at the Eagles, NFC East. We talked about it. They're they're a complete wild card. Um, we'll see how the division plays out. But um, as George mentioned in the comments earlier, every year this this division flip flops. So it, it, it's very easily to perceive uh, the Eagles that have a chance to win the division and ultimately flip themselves to the best in the division. Um, but the 49ers, you you mentioned it, the injuries last season, uh, didn't have Jimmy G most of the season. We're playing with Nick Mullen, CJ uh, Beathard or whatever his name. <laughs> um, you know, Mostert was injured last year. Kittle was injured last year. Bosa was injured last year. Defense was beat. Sherman, Solomon uh, Thomas, everybody was injured. Down the list. And they were still 6-10, and 10, right? Like, that's not terrible for the amount of injuries that they had. They weren't like a bottom feeder in the NFL. Um, so ultimately, you know, with a defense like that, with a pedigree with Kyle Shanahan on the offensive side, you do have Jimmy G. We'll see how he plays. Um, Trey Lance will bring another factor in there with the running game as a quarterback. 49ers, I believe, outside of the NFC, so it is always flip-flopping. We can pick them for both sides of this, this whole segment. But I think the 49ers had the best chance of potentially climbing to that number one seed. Um, if the Matthew Stafford, you know, project doesn't work out, if the Cardinals and Kyler Murray just can't get over the hump again, no reason the 49ers can't get back to where they were just a season ago when they went to the Super Bowl and played the uh, the Patriots. So, it's, or the it, Chiefs, excuse me. Yeah, it's funny though because not only do we have the two same for both, um, <laughs> when I went down to try to find who I wanted to select for the for the segment. The AFC is just—it's not—it's not, not going to happen yeah. in the AFC. They're—they're they're all yeah. four NFC teams. The only one I like even thought about for a slight second of doing was the Steelers going from first place last year to worst place this year because I like the Browns, I like the Ravens, the Bengals were just it for me. Like yeah. the Barrows injury, I couldn't pick them third over the Steelers. Outside of that, the Chiefs, the Bills. The, yeah, they're not going to finish first and then go to fourth and then vice versa. You know, the Texans, the Jaguars of the worlds, they're not going to win their division from fourth place last year. So I think it's it's all in the NFC this year. The NFC is wide open. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's going to wrap up today's episode of uh, Turf Talk. So, but before we get going, guys, major announcement, obviously, the tailgate one week from today, August 22nd at the link, K-Lot. Me, the guys from DSM, Scotty, Phil, George, JD, Gint, everybody, Jeremy, will be down there. Live tailgate, live show, okay? Cornhole, bunch of games, free food and pizza from uh, Phil's Pizza Shop. Beer supplied by Kenwood Beer and Brewing. Um, I'm going Thursday to pick all that up. So, guys, come hang out with us. Enter the raffle. All you have to do is follow us on Twitter and subscribe to YouTube, and you get it. You get entered in the raffle to win our Devontae Smith uh, Eagles jersey giveaway. We're going to be giving away three pairs of tickets to come in the practice and hang out with us as well. The so next Sunday, August 22nd, 4 p.m., three hours before the tail before the open practice starts. Come hang out with us at DSM Media. Join the live show, get interviewed, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a ton of fun. And one last thing, shout out to my guy Craig Reynolds, Kutztown alum, my boy from Kutztown. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but the Detroit Lions picked them up, literally. A day and a half before uh, their preseason game the other night, and he got playing time in the fourth quarter and exploded for like a forty-yard touchdown run or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. So my boy Craig is making finally, hopefully, found a home there in Detroit. And best of luck to you, brother. Yeah, um, just to kind of follow up, 
make sure you're tapping in for that that tailgate next Sunday. It's it's going to be huge. It's going to be so much fun. Um, you saw the turnout for the first open practice. What over twenty seven thousand something like so. that. Twenty five thousand yeah. something like that. Twenty five thousand plus out there. Come by the DSM Media table. You should see our our logo somewhere throughout the parking lots there. Um, we'll get more information. We'll get everything posted out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Um, if you're on Facebook, definitely go follow DSM Media. We have the event already posted with all the details, um, so you can find everything there. But definitely look forward to meeting a bunch of Eagles fans um, like us. We, we just want to have a few beers with everybody, talk, get ready for this season, and then ultimately make our way into the Lincoln Financial Field. Oh, and how could I forget? Guys, we're trying. It's star-studded around here at DSM, okay? <laughs> 94 WIP's very own and CBS Sports Radio's very own. The great Vince Quinn will be dropping by the DSM tailgate to hang out and chop it off for a little bit. So if you want to meet Vince, if you want to say what's up to Vince, if you listen to Vince, come hang out, say what's up, and let's have some fun, guys. All you have to do is press a button, follow, and subscribe, and you have a chance there to win the Devontae Smith jersey. You have a chance to come into the practice for free with us. Yeah, I know tickets are only $10. We'll save your $10 if you just follow and subscribe and you have a chance to come in for free. That's going to do it for this episode of Turf Talk for myself, for Scott, for DSM Media, at DSM underscore media. Have a nice day and go birds. Peace, guys.